Well, good evening. I'm Rick Dancer. Welcome to Get Real with Rick Dancer. I've got to move my program over so I'm looking at you and not the side of the wall. Uh, it's good to have you aboard. Uh, we are coming to you live from Livingston, Montana, but we'll also be live in Eugene, Oregon as well as we interview uh, a local businessman and, uh, and a guy who's a business advisor who makes dreams come true. Um, if you're one of those people who is um, like a lot of us going, you know, I, I've seen two years of my life um, kind of just held in limbo. I'd kind of like to do something else for a living. I don't want to spend the rest of my life doing this job that I hate, um, working in corporate America, whatever that is. Well, Bonnie Woodruff, he helps people find those dreams. He, he, knows, he understands how businesses sell, how to sell a business, how to buy a business, and how to make those things happen. So Bonnie's going to be joining us, but he's also going to have a friend with him uh, who he helped do this exact thing. And he gave him, um, I'll just give you a, a hint, kind of a rock solid base to start a new business on. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what that means. You have to keep watching if you want to find that out. Also, Rob, Basin Tackle Rob from Charleston is here. And I told him, Rob, I hear you got crabs down there on the coast. <laughs> he laughed too. But they do have crabs down there on the coast. So he's going to show us a little bit of Charleston and some of the crabbing going on. Um, we also got Dr. Michael Bratlin with Chris Dental, where everybody's welcome. And, um, the other night I might have said something about, I was kidding, and said something about that you don't have to wear a mask to the dentist. And uh, a few people took that seriously. And, uh, you know, we're following the Oregon health standards and all that crap. Um, but the bottom line is, I was kidding. When you get your mouth worked on, how can you have a freaking mask on? <laughs> oh, but leave it to the haters to not figure that one out and get all angry about it. So you do have to wear a mask in the door. And then once you lay down to get your work done, you can take off your mask. It's really hard to get behind those things. If you're in Montana, you don't even have to wear a mask. But that's another story, and I don't want to bring that up and make you angry and hurtful. Um, what else do we got tonight? Um, oh, um, real quick, we've got um, an interview with the timber industry. The Oregon Loggers Conference starts in Eugene tomorrow. And there's a lot of crap going on with the legislature and laws and behind the scenes on our dear Governor Brown um, with, with things going on that are really going to impact the industry. And it's, it's, it's really nerve wracking. And it should bother you because the timber industry, despite what people want to say, is still one of the biggest industries in Oregon. So it is if you have a business and it's going to affect you. What, the, what they're talking about. So I think you need to be informed. So we're going to have him. Um, what is his, where is Scott? What's Scott's last name? Oh yeah, Scott Melcher is the president of the Oregon Loggers Conference. And they've been going on for 84 years. And I'll tell you what, they're open to the public on Saturday. And you, he'll tell you a little bit of this, but you really gotta go. Cause if you, if you, if you like big machines, you know, big machines, they've got the biggest machines. It's like, it's like a, uh, it's like a boat show for loggers. <laughs> it's super fun and you'll really enjoy it. So, um, oh, I also have a little news flash for you. Um, this is kind of fun here in Livingston. It's really cold <laughs> this morning. It was minus 27. Yeah. Everything down there just gets really tight. It's really, really cold. And it's so cold that in the paper today, the article was that the school buses couldn't run because when it gets below 20 degrees, buses aren't safe. Um, something with the gas and all that. So anyway, um, the buses in Livingston, Montana couldn't run. But guess what? 
because we're Montanans, see now I call myself a Montanan, because they're Montanans, they still go to school. <laughs> they do. If you find another way, horseback or mom drives you or something. But in Montana, you don't not go to school because it's minus 27 and the buses aren't running. You find a way to go. And that is what I love about living in Montana. So let's get this show on the road. We're going to put our open on. We'll have Bill and we'll just get rolling right along. Welcome. And we're really glad you're here. Hey, if you are watching right now, share this on your Facebook page. Um, you can instantly go down, just hit share, and it just goes right on your page. And then people coming on will see it. See how that is? And then I pay you big bucks for helping me. Who puts up with this? That's what I don't understand. Bring the lion out. Bring the, bring the lion. Um, tonight on our show, we're going to have... Hey guys, don't you think it's kind of fun that you get to comment on the news? There's a cost. Oh yeah, there's a cost. People come after you. Like, I think that's why this is so much fun is because... We'll see you at five. From the News Radio, 1120 AM and 93.7 FM KPNW Studios, I'm Bill London, host of the Wake Up Call on this fine radio station, 6 AM to 9 AM, Monday through Friday. Yeah, it's, you know, the miracles of low-cost vocational training. All right, here's a look at some of the stories that we're going to be covering tonight. Oregon legislators have moved a step closer to giving themselves a large pay raise because on Tuesday, a Senate panel voted 3-2 to two to advance the proposal that would nearly double their pay and also pay them $1,000 a month in child care stipends. As Tuesday's vote happened, that bill, Senate Bill 1566, moved on to the Senate's Budget Writing Committee, then onto the full Senate, where it will likely pass, and then it would go in front of the House. If it succeeds, the plan would raise legislative pay from just under $33,000 a year to almost $59,000 beginning next January. And one of the bill's proponents, Senator James Manning, a Eugene Democrat, who joined Floyd Prozonsky, another Eugene Democrat, in touting how wonderful this bill is. He says, Manning. He believes that the Oregon House loses between a third and half of its representatives each election because the legislature just doesn't pay enough. Oh, He says raising legislative salaries and providing child care is the right thing to do. But he did acknowledge it may not look good to people watching. Well, congratulations for being a master of the obvious. The proposed increase would actually move Oregon into the top 10 of highest paying states in terms of how much it pays its legislative leaders and legislature in general. What's not being said here is that it would also keep in place the $151 a day per diem that legislators get for every day the legislature is in session or anytime they have a committee meeting or legislative days outside of legislative sessions. So if you take that into account on one of the odd numbered legislative years, that stipend of $151 a day would be an extra $24,160 a year, bringing their total earnings to $82,660. On short legislative session years like this, 
it would be 63785 But if you include the $12,000 a year for childcare, now you're looking at $94,660 on those long legislative session years and $75,785 in the short session years. None of this takes into account their PERS or their insurance and other bennies that they get as well as being members of the legislature. What I find interesting is the legislature doesn't allow the people to vote when it comes to corporate activities taxes, the gross receipts tax that are on businesses, both large and small. So, of course, they're not going to give the people of the state of Oregon a chance to vote on whether they should get a raise. Republican gubernatorial candidate Mark Thielman announced his resignation as superintendent of the LC School District last night at an emergency meeting of the school board. The superintendent made waves when he announced that at his direction, the school board had passed a resolution to return local control to the board and make indoor masking optional at school. The resignation also comes a week after three formal complaints were filed against him, alleging a hostile work environment, illegal firing practices, and disregard for any viewpoint that's not his own. The emergency meeting was scheduled so the board could hire a third-party investigator, they say, to look at complaints, which is what was reported in the media, which they voted to do before Thielman announced his resignation. Now, I talked to Mark Thielman just a couple of hours ago, and I will have a full interview with him tomorrow morning that I recorded today. I won't be here uh, tomorrow, unfortunately. Got to take care of my 95-year-old dad. But that said, he had already told the board, and part of the reason for this meeting was that he wanted to resign because he is running for governor and that he wants to do everything he can to try and win the primary. And he's got eight weeks to do that. And holding down the job of superintendent and trying to run for office, he said there was just no way that he could make that work. And he says he's sincere about wanting to be Oregon's governor. As far as the complaints, he said, essentially, been to that rodeo before. Nothing new here, folks. Anyway, you'll hear that full interview tomorrow morning on the wake-up call where he addresses the accusations and talks about his run for governor and resigning as the LC school board member, uh, school superintendent. Speaking of school superintendents, a bill that would make it harder for Oregon schools to fire their superintendent is still alive. Now, the measure would, and I believe we talked about this yesterday, allow no-cause terminations only after a superintendent received 12 months' notice that the board wants them out. School boards would also be prohibited from firing a superintendent, period, for, quote, complying with a state or federal law that applies to school districts or anything that was enacted by a local ordinance or an executive order by the governor. So what is this saying? This is saying that if a school board says, we want you to drop the mask mandate, and here's when we want you to do it, if the superintendent says, no, I'm not going to do it, they can't fire them. And part of the reason for that is because more and more school districts, Tillamook last night, deciding they're going to take local control over when the masks come off and not the state. A bill that would allow Oregonians to pump their own gas advanced out of committee despite concerns from lawmakers 
on the, the legislation's impact on people with disabilities, the elderly, and a lack of gas station attendance. House Bill 4151 would allow gas station owners to designate half of their pumps as self-service, but opponents say that they doubt there would be any substantive benefit for residents other than the gas station owners who wouldn't have to employ as many attendants and gas stations, they say, would flout the self-capping rule at only half of their pumps. They also claim, and this is great, it would be more work for people that don't know how to pump gas. Apparently, our legislative leaders know just exactly how effective our schools are in teaching people, well, basic skills like being able to go like this with a gas pump. How does that work? Oh, and how do you push that button to get this to work? It's we so do it in Montana, Bill. I'm an Oregon graduate. So Oregon Governor Kate Brown wrote a nasty gram, an open nasty gram, to Washington state legislators and Washington Governors Jay Inslee slamming the move by the Washington legislature to tax fuel coming into Oregon from Washington refineries at a rate of six cents a gallon to pay for climate initiatives. Now, this open letter nasty gram was printed in the Seattle Times, and I'm just going to read it in parts of it. As governor of Oregon, I know that my decisions don't just impact my constituents because what we do has an impact on people who live and work north of the Columbia River. Every day, Oregonians and Washingtonians cross our shared border for work, commerce, and recreation. Our communities, our economies, our peoples are linked. That's why if Washington leaders are advancing a policy that impacts the working families on the other side of the river without benefit, I expect at the very least the common courtesy of a phone call. Unfortunately, no one in Washington state consulted me or my office before bringing forward the short-sighted tax increase on fuel exported to Oregon. In Oregon, more than 90% of our fuel, and that is true, is resigned in Washington. A tax increase would place an unreasonable burden on Oregonians. Let me be clear. We will not stand for taxation levied by Washington leaders with no consultation with our state government, our business community, or our residents. She also questioned the legality, said that if it went forward, they would take it to court. And she ended by saying... Put this bad idea back on the shelf where it belongs. Let's figure out a better way together. We'll see if they listen. Another dead wolf found by Oregon State Police. They say that OR-109 was shot. The dead wolf was found on February 15th, and they say it was found in Cove, Oregon, at the end of what's called Haggerty Lane there, about three and a half miles south of Cove, Oregon. They responded to the area. They found the dead wolf. It was black, lying in a field. Right now, they're saying they're investigating, and it is illegal to shoot a wolf. They say, if you have any details, call their OSP tip line. They're also investigating other wolf shootings and poisoning in other parts of the state. All right, that's it for me. You have a great one. Rick, get real, man. This is Dr. Michael Bradley from Cristiano. Some businesses have been hit harder than others during this pandemic. One such business is a log camp Trudy. 
Since day one, Trudy has fought hard to resist government overreach and tyranny. I'm asking every listener to join me and show Trudy how much we appreciate her stance by doing business with her. In the next month or so, stop by for lunch. Show her that what she's doing matters. Together, we will make a difference. And that's Dr. Michael Ratlin, one of our sponsors here at Get Real with Rick Dancer. I got to put up Tim's, uh, Tim's a friend of mine, but he has a great comment here about what Bill is talking about with the governor. You mean she doesn't like people telling her what to do without taking those impacted into consideration? Weird. <laughs> yeah, you've been doing it to us, lady, for two years, and now your friends up north do something that you don't like, and so you, I'm going to send you a little nasty gram. Well, that's what we'd like to send you because you've been doing this to us for two years, and you're still doing it to people in Oregon. I mean, come on. And I have to comment on the pumping gas. That is the dumbest thing ever. It's the stupidest thing in Oregon ever that you can't pump your own gas. We just, my wife and I went into Costco. It's faster. It's more efficient. Gas prices are way lower than Oregon. That's because the legislature taxes gas and cigarettes and beer for anything that it wants to do extra. Oh, we need a little extra money. Let's tax gas because people have to use that. It's something they need. That's what's wrong. And you guys need to stop it. But Bill's little example of showing how to do it, you know, Kathy was freaked out a little bit the first time she had to do it. And then she went after that. It's like, this is no big deal. It's just what it is. And I doubt that it's putting people out of work. Of course, right now you can't even find people to work in Oregon. So I don't know. It's a crazy little world we have. We live in. All right. Let's check in uh, on the Oregon coast. We're going to go down to Coos Bay, Charleston with Rob Basin Tackle Rob, here he is. Good evening, everybody. It's Rob here from Basin Tackle. Rick, good to be on the show again. Everybody, hope you're having a fantastic evening. It's a cold one out here tonight. I was going to record this in the morning, and I thought, no, I think those roads are going to be icy, so we're going to come out tonight and just get it done. What are you looking at? You're looking at D-Dock. D-Dock in Charleston, Oregon. Rick and I were talking the other day about crabbing and what's going on. He's asking some questions about that. Thought it would be interesting to share it with you folks. Now, a lot of these vessels you see around here, there's commercial vessels, uh, there's sport vessels, there's charter boats, there's all kinds of stuff. I mean, this is a very active working port here in Charleston, and it's beautiful. I mean, it really is. Look at that. Let's see if I can zoom in here. See some of these bigger boats. Look at that. You know, there's shrimpers, saners, uh, guys that go after tuna, guys that go after salmon, um, and of course, a lot of Dungeness crab. We have six major ports up and down the Oregon coast covering almost 400 miles of shoreline. And out of that, this year there were 424 commercial crabbers out there. Season starts beginning of December, typically. A lot of times it's later. This year it started on time and runs to about August. Technically that's the season. However, having said that, a lot of the bigger boats kind of, they, they go out for the first few weeks, first month, maybe two months, kind of get the lion's share of what there is to get out there and then they're done for the season for the crab. It's a lot of the, uh, the smaller mom and pops, if you will, that will get out there and grind away throughout the whole season. So say you come to a, a local seafood market and you buy fresh crab or live crab, typically those are caught by the little small mom and pop type commercial operations. Well, this year, the small mom and pops, the big guys, the big gals, everybody put together have brought in over $80 million worth of crab. Now, Dungeons Crab, crab is the number crap. <laughs> it's so cold out here. I'm not kidding. It's like taking my breath away. I'm not used to this. Uh, we're going down to like 22 tonight, which is 
unheard of, unheard of for, uh, for on the coast. Um, but these, these folks brought in about 80 million dollars worth of crab and it is a crab and it is the number one cash crop for commercial fishing in the state of Oregon. And that works out to about 15 million pounds. And that's as of a week or two ago, 15 million pounds. All of last season, which wasn't a bad season, was 12 million pounds total. So that tells you what an incredible, incredible year we've had. Um, get out here and enjoy it. Not only is there the commercial aspect of Dungeness Crab, there's also the, the sport part of it, where folks get out and they, and they of course they crab they they cast uh, castables off of the shore and catch them that way and snare them using crab pots crab rings all the stuff we have right up there on top of that dock at basin tackle so you guys can go to basin tackle and you can get anything you need to go out and go crabbing and it's something you can do right off the docks there or you can go out onto the piers and do that we used to do that with the boys when they were little so love hearing stuff going on down on the oregon coast especially since i'm not in oregon anymore um, that is something I am going to miss. Um, hey, Tyler Collins, you're asking me about Senate Bill 1578. Um, send me an email, buddy, at rick at rickdancer.com, and love to have a conversation about that with you. Uh, might be a good story, okay? All right. Now, one of our other sponsors, Transworld Business Advisors. I know it sounds big, but what it is is like, it, you know, Lonnie, and this is Lonnie Woodruff. And introduce Dave real quick. Dave, this is Dave from Worldwide Granite. We're doing a business showcase today. Dave, it's good to see you. So uh, Lonnie loves business. <laughs> like he's crazy. He's not. He is crazy, literally. No, he he's not real big on corporate stuff, but he really likes entrepreneurs and small businesses. So every month he's going to be featuring a business like Dave's, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit, show you kind of what Dave does, and then Lonnie's going to tell you because what we call I call Lonnie is the dream maker. So it's like for people that are just fed up and kind of looking for something new. Uh, something different. You're going, I don't want to do the same job anymore. Um, and, and Lonnie can help you. He knows, he understands the business aspect of how to do that and the spiritual and personal aspect of that. So you're not just getting somebody going, Hey, here's what you should do. And this is somebody that actually knows exactly what to do. So Lonnie, tell Dave, did you leave us? <laughs> I did. We have some customers coming in with our, uh, our I hate contractor that. over here. We're on the Rick Dancer show. Yeah. <laughs> I hate I hate to interview BNP contracting free shout well he could put his head in there you know now that we get a stranger here so Dave talk to us about what so what it is you do and how you got to where you are now yeah so uh, tell you a little bit about worldwide granite first uh, we work with eager homeowners and experienced contractors to make their kitchen and bath project uh, dreams come true on any budget. Um, we have a fantastic showroom here on West 11th that has the uh, most popular selection of natural stone and quartz for your countertop or uh, bath project. Uh, we do a wide variety of projects, anywhere from small vanities in a bathroom to custom kitchens to large uh, full fireplace, full height uh, fireplace surrounds. And, uh, you know, we can really do it all here. So uh, um, we got a lot of cool equipment out in the showroom that are out in the uh, shop that's being showcased here but uh yeah it's been a fantastic ride and i owe a lot of thanks to lonnie for uh helping uh get extricate me from the uh corporate world uh where i spent uh, way too many years uh in so, 
Yep. So what do you, Dave, what do you love about that? I mean, I, one, I think granite is some of the, is some of the most beautiful stuff. You look at that. There's that one piece back there, man. I do my whole kitchen in that. But it's so amazing that this has come about, you know, with this, this new trend that's been around for probably 15, 20 years. But I love, and, and what you guys can do with this in terms of cutting it, and it's, it's amazing. It truly is amazing to, uh, you know, see what you can create from these solid slabs of stone. And I think, uh, you know, the two things that I think are the most fascinating about it or uh, bring me the most joy is uh, one, you know, seeing our uh, our customers, whether they're eager homeowners uh, doing their own projects or experienced contractors uh, with a finished job that they're very happy uh, and satisfied with. Um, you know, if you're a homeowner, you spend a lot of time in your kitchens and baths and, you uh, you know, that's where you live your life and you want it to look nice and you want it to feel good and you want it to be proud of it. So uh, it's awesome being a part of that uh, for our customers. Um, and then I think the other uh, thing that I find uh, so cool and fascinating about it is uh, particularly with some of our natural stone options. Uh, you know, when you go out and you see them in the shop and they're full slab and you realize, you know, God, God created this beautiful yeah. work yeah. of art that now we're uh, going to be able to showcase in our own homes. And it's uh, yeah, you know, and, 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 and that's getting really popular because um, and what are some other popular kind of tabletop? Or I don't know what you countertop, that kind of thing. Yeah. So the most uh, popular options uh, that we see right now are uh, natural stone. And there's a couple different ways that people go with that. But typically in a kitchen, uh, because the applications you're doing in your kitchen, you want to uh, you want to use a, a granite. Uh, stone, natural stone, but there's other types of natural stone, such as marble uh, and soapstone uh, that people uh, use and have been using for thousands of years, uh, uh, you know, in uh, Italy and Roman times. Uh, but uh, what we're seeing right now is uh, a lot of people are really attracted to the uh, man-made stone options, which would be quartz. Uh, it's very durable and it comes in a, a number of uh, a wide array of different uh, design patterns that can fit uh, any uh, individual person's aesthetic. And so it get, just gives them more options on what they can put in their uh, so, so Dave, what was going on with you in the corporate world? Like what would kind of give me your short story? Like what were you doing? And, and then you, know, <laughs> I mean, you, you probably ended up like me, you had coffee with Lonnie and all of a sudden you went, Oh my God, this is deeper than I thought. <laughs> uh, so I spent uh, 15 years uh, in uh, corporate sales uh, with uh, various different companies. And, you know, towards the end, uh, you know, it's just, it's just gotten insane in the corporate environment. And uh, what I've, uh, I've termed it uh, metrics driven institutionalized micromanagement. And uh, <laughs> sorry, it's a long, uh, it's a long can phrase. You, but, uh, can you, Dave, can you email me that? <laughs> I will. Uh, yeah. Uh, just, just after the show. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I you, you sat there and, you know, 15 years in the corporate world and the point where it's gotten now, you know, there was just no uh, opportunity to exercise creative or critical thinking anymore. And uh, I, I think the uh, straw that broke the camel's back was, uh, you know, one day I just realized that, uh, you know, I felt I was wasting the, uh, you know, talents that God blessed me with, uh, you know, for a pair of bronze handcuffs that were going to keep me tied to a, a corporate job and a corporate boss for the rest of my life. And uh, I've always had a, a little entrepreneurial streak in me and uh, got connected with Lonnie and uh, started uh, going through the process of uh, what it might look like for me to uh, jump out of the corporate world and uh, become a, an entrepreneur and a local business owner. And uh, Lonnie helped me get there. Yep. 
so, so Lonnie, talk to me a little bit about what what this takes, because I think when when you hear something like that, probably people standing out there are going, I don't know. That's where do of, we start? What do we do? Yeah, well, yeah, uh, do we, it's the well, beginning. Started in a casual conversation with Dave. Then we started looking at businesses and kind of seeing what's out there, what's available, what he might want to do, you know, uh, and just talked each one through. Then we could have found one that was a good fit, something that would be really fun. You know, that, that's, you know, running a business is not easy. So you want to pick something you can be passionate about. And this, this is a really cool business. It does really great work. Uh, check out the website, check out their Facebook page for ideas. Um, but uh, so we just kind of settled on this business, then started negotiating a price and then uh, and just kind of bridging the gaps of uh, training, we're financing piece, that kind of stuff. Um, and just walk, walk through every step together. Oh, here's, um, hold on. I got a comment from somebody. You got to hear this one. This is good. Love that you heard the following God's voice. Bless, blessings will come the way you obedience and call, uh, call out your life. And Lonnie, that's how you kind of got into this because you were also in the corporate world and, and yeah. going, oh, I don't want that. I've, yeah. Yeah. It, it's really easy for me to beat the anti-corporate drum for sure. Because, yeah, it's, uh, when I first started out in the corporate world a long, long time ago, I actually, for, for those who have seen Office Space, I actually had TPS reports for a financial institution I worked for. So I was like, oh, man. So I spent uh, about a decade doing that. And um, through a roundabout way, this came onto my radar a couple of years ago. And it's just I have a passion for it, just taking people that want to use their talents and become their own boss. And uh, and on the other side, you know, I help people sell. You know, that's where I'm just kind of like an elite matchmaker is what I'm doing. Somebody's looking to sell. Maybe they're moving out of state. Maybe they want to retire and I find somebody who's full of talent, energy that wants to become their own boss and live that life. And uh, we just start having conversations. It's, and that's uh, how that's how Transworld helps you because I mean they're they're worldwide. So you're, you've got connections all over Central Oregon, Oregon, Washington. I mean, so so you're really kind of it's not just some guy in Eugene who's helping people find businesses. You're really connected worldwide. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I uh, we're a regional office here in uh, Oregon. We pretty much cover most of Oregon outside of Portland, but we're part of the Transworld Transworld umbrella that we have. We're connected to the other offices. We have buyers looking from all over the states looking to move here. Conversely, you know, and uh, we have a lot of databases we share, networking we share, best practices. It's uh, it, it's a nice uh, infrastructure that we have. A lot of resources and tools. So does it kind of, I, this is kind of a weird question, Lottie, but I think you're, you're deep enough that you'll answer this. Don't you think it's kind of sad how many people, and, and Dave, you can chime in here too. I can say this from being at KZI for almost 30 years. I wish I would have done this sooner, like done. Um, it's scarier and it's harder in some ways, but man, I never feel that feeling like somebody holds something over me, but how many people are just stuck in jobs and going, if I can just survive until I'm 65. Well, that's like, that's like most of your life that you waste working for some asshole who, and, and, you know, the chambers weren't assholes. They were good people to me, but you, you never have, what is that thing? You know what I mean? You never like here, if I want to put a, a really weird topic on, I can do it. There's nobody going the next day going, well, Rick, I don't, don't think you should have done that. Well, some of my haters, but they do that anyway. And that's, that's just entertainment. But I mean, you know, nobody can tell me. So Dave, you can run your shop the way somebody screws up and you can go, you know what? We're going to fix that whole thing because that's not their fault. And I'm going to do this the right way. You exactly. couldn't do that if you're working for Billy Bob or whatever. 
No, you got to do it. Uh, do it the corporate way, the way the corporate people tell you to do and follow the 8,000 different, uh, you know, uh, somewhat moronic corporate processes to, you know, get something simple done. And, uh, you know, one of the things I, I've shared with Lonnie that I think kind of aligns with this topic is, you know, uh, at the end of the day, I mean, uh, you know, running your own business uh, isn't without its challenges. Right. Uh, and so, you know, certainly in the time I've been here, you know, there's uh, there's always something that goes on. Right. Uh, but they're my problems now that I chose. So right. I got to choose my problems and I'm OK with that. Right. As opposed to those problems kind of being dropped on me by a middle manager somewhere with a harebrained idea that might help him get a promotion. So. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, uh, what I've been uh, telling all my friends is, you know, uh, uh, every day since I left my corporate job, uh, despite, you know, the challenges that, uh, any business owner faces, uh, I wake up infinitely happier, uh, every day since I left than, than, uh, any day I spent in the corporate world. Right. And Lonnie, does it take people a while? I mean, cause once Dave buys this, you're obviously still in contact with these people, but you know, now you have the business and. And, and there's the, like what Dave was talking, there's those hard times you go through where you're going, oh my God, this is my life now. And I, I've got to do this. But I think that, how do you get people to not fear that fear? You know what I mean? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Just, just easy conversations. Um, most problems that come up with owning a business are just require business solutions. So we just talk things through. I usually stay connected with my clients and uh, we share resources, networking. If it's something that we both don't know how to, how to tackle, we'll, we'll, we'll reach out and find the solutions. And um, just to answer you directly, just casual conversation, because all these problems are usually solvable versus like in the corporate world, when you're dealing with red tape or animosity or, or, you know, the, the lack of freedoms and that kind of stuff and timed breaks, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, those, those don't, those don't have business solutions. Those are just <laughs> nonsense you got to deal with. Well, I think it also, I, you're being modest too, but it also, it's experience, you know, having um, someone like you who's, who's gone, oh, I've seen five, you know, 10 other people this month that have done the same thing. And here's what Dave did uh, to get past that. Oh, you know, it's like having a business coach, you know, kind of helping you through that process. I, Kathy and I had a business coach. It was the best thing we ever did, except she told me I was the biggest problem in my business, which, you know. <laughs> And she was, did you say she was right, Lonnie? Did you just I didn't say anything? Did you that? And so she I can't told help me, you with that one, Rick. So she told me your wife needs to run the, the business. And so that's what happened, that it changed everything. And then it makes it so much easier for us to do our thing like that. Yeah, it's uh, just having conversations, seeking solutions. And uh, yeah. Yeah, and I, I can attest to that. I mean, uh, when I've had things come up, uh, you know, Lonnie and I have uh, formed probably more than even uh, uh, just a business relationship. I mean, I consider him a close personal friend now, and uh, he's got a wide network that, uh, you know, if I have issues or challenges, uh, you know, he can uh, bring to bear the experience of a, a lot of different folks to help us work through some of those. So uh, it's definitely uh, been a it's it's been a great um, it's been a great process. So if you want to get a hold of Lonnie, his phone number is running across the screen. Dave, what do they do? Give me the name of your business. I'm going to put it in the comment section here. So It's a worldwide granite and our showroom is on West 11th and Eugene. And if you're watching the Rick Dancer show right now uh, and you want to come in and visit us, uh, we will throw in a free kitchen or vanity sink for free. If you mentioned that you saw us on this episode, that's wow. $300 value. So that's awesome. So a free, so can you ship to Montana? 
<laughs> we'll uh, we'll see what we can do for you. Right? <laughs> you know, I'll tell you, it's what's funny because you know, Kathy and I are looking for a house, and I will tell you, I mean, because what you do, the grant if they don't have nice kitchen counters like that and in the bathroom, I've seen so many houses charging so much money, and it still has Formica or some other shit on the countertop, and you're going, that doesn't fly. It, no. I want granite. I want marble. I want something that's beautiful. And bathrooms and the kitchen are like the most important places. And I don't know. I mean, well, I know why the bathroom. <laughs> well, I guess you do one thing and you go to the other one. So maybe it's a maybe there's a connection there. But those are the things that really sell a house or make it attractive. And you know, you, that's what you can do. And if somebody wants to buy a house, then they can come into you and say, "Hey, how much will it cost if I do all these countertops and kitchen tops and that kind of stuff and get it done?" Yeah, absolutely. And uh, our uh, uh, main sales, our, our main sales lady here has over 30 years of experience in the industry. And uh, one thing that I've seen uh, just having a sales background is she is amazing at listening uh, to what folks want uh, when they come in and helping to guide them to their dreams uh, rather than, you know, trying to push something on them that uh, maybe they don't want or, you know, works, uh, you know, in some other way. So, uh, uh, she really listens to folks and uh, really helps make their dreams come true. And uh, uh, we can walk everyone through the process from start to finish on how to get it done, because, of course, it can be a little intimidating. But uh, as you were mentioning, Rick, you know, one of the, the easiest and most impactful upgrades you can make to your house would just be replacing uh, the countertops in your uh, kitchen or uh, bathroom. Uh, and instantly give it a, a new, you know, modern or different feel. Yeah, uh, I think people need to spend more time doing that for sure. Um, and uh, Lonnie, for you, uh, you guys can see his number rolling across there. If you're just, you know, just frustrated or if you're just somebody who really has been thinking about doing this, um, Lonnie's the guy who just go have coffee with you. Um, he'll even buy. He's really good about that. Um, <laughs> even after you're just friends, he still buys. <laughs> that's true. That is true. I, can that's true. Friend, <laughs> I can find a friend who buys coffee uh, yeah. and, and beer. I'm in. You know, it's like I'm I'm pretty easy friend that way. So, Lonnie, thank you so much for sponsoring. And uh, Lonnie's going to be doing this once a month, a different business, um, talking about different businesses, showing different business, not just people that have worked through him, but all other small businesses because that's kind of his passion for things. And through that, maybe you'll get an idea of what you want to do. That's a great offer for uh, Josh. You're right. Josh says that's a great offer for worldwide granite. It really is. I mean, yeah, you guys, wait, yeah. wait till you go price out the sinks and all the other stuff. And that $300 sink is a nice sink. It's not that crappy little thing like, well, I can't talk about my Airbnb, but anyway. <laughs> oh, and I just want to explain to some of the viewers who are seeing uh, somebody on here saying, why do I have to lie? And lose my number that has nothing to do with Lonnie or Dave. That is probably someone who's been scammed by someone using my picture and they have found me and now they think I'm the guy and it's not me, Stacy. So you can just go away. <laughs> I didn't scam you. It's just part of the entertainment. Um, <laughs> welcome to my world, gentlemen. <laughs> All right. It's good talking to you guys. Likewise. Thank See you later, guys. Thanks. Thank you. Nice to meet you, Dave. All right, so um, we're going to have one more interview, but you know what? We took a little longer with them because I thought that was super interesting, and I think it's always good to talk and always good to promote small business and anything we can do for Lonnie to get him into your atmosphere to help encourage you to change your life if you're ready to. I think it's worth it. So I will air this um, the video tomorrow night on um, 
the uh, Oregon Loggers Conference, and we'll have that tomorrow night. But it does start tomorrow, but we'll just air that tomorrow for you. And then we'll have Kim Thatcher next week. I can just shuffle people around. But some's good. That, see, that's what Lonnie was talking about. And Dave, I don't have any corporate person telling me, Rick, you got to get everything in. It needs to be in two minutes and 35 seconds. I don't do that here. If Lonnie's talking and it's working and he wants to you know, share his heart, then we're going to do that here. That's what we're all about. So anyway, that's how it works at Get Real with Rick Dancer. Um, and Stacy, again, I am sorry. I am not the person you're looking for. I am Rick Dancer. I'm not Barney whatever or whatever other name they come up with. And um, I did not send you a picture. <laughs> you know, I have tried to get some of these women who get scammed with my picture to do a show with me. Cause you guys would not believe you'd be un, but they're embarrassed and you'd be, you would not believe, be very careful. The people online are not necessarily who you think you're talking to. And it happens a lot. And so you should need to be very, very careful. All right. Um, have a great evening. And we will be here tomorrow night with more. The one thing you can do for me is you can share this on your page and all of the people who've sponsored have been on the show. Share it on your page so other people see it. Um, we do pay to, sh to share it out there with Facebook. But if I put that in the lead and tell you to do it, then they, they shut me down. Mm -hmm. So if I do it in the copy here, like in the, the, and they don't. But if you put it in the lead, they shut you down. So I need you to do that for me. All right. Have a good night. Um, and I will talk to you later. I'm gonna, It's going to get down to like 30 below tonight. Oh, thank God I sleep with my wife and it's really warm in that bed. <laughs> Have a good night. <laughs>